Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 155 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm talking all about how to restart your workouts after taking a break, why taking breaks is an important part of any movement routine, and my top seven ways to prep your body and nervous system to help you get back into working out safely. Because let's face it, sometimes you have to take a break from your workouts. Life, injuries, medical procedures, the list goes on. Also, maybe you just don't feel like it and that is totally fine. I take breaks from time to time without shame because I know that I'm going to be able to get back into it. But with that being said, you might wonder what the best way to get back into the swing of things, especially if you've been away for a while. Because if you think that you're going to be able to just hop back in and pick up exactly where you left off, you're probably going to be in for a rude awakening. Okay. And that's also probably how a lot of us get injured is just trying to pick up something that we haven't done in a while. And we're like, I got this. No, no, we do not got this. But that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today because I get it, right? Life happens. And I want you to have tools to keep yourself safe as you ease back into working out or into working out for the first time. Because don't get me wrong, we all need to take breaks. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking a break from your workout routine. And this is why I talk so much about getting into routine and having habits around it because it's so much easier to come back to when you already have that habit established. Like I legitimately don't worry about my workouts because I know that Tuesday mornings and Thursdays, no matter what, I'll be working out. And even if I take a week or two off from that, last week as I'm recording this, I was traveling. I didn't do my two (laughs) twice a week workouts and that's totally fine because I know that now I'm back home and I'm going to jump back in and there's not going to be any drama and like it just, it is what it is. That being said, I've also had times where I've taken weeks off from training because life was just too much. And that happens too. Like anybody else feeling a little stressed? I don't know why we would. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We know exactly why we're stressed. But with that being said, right, maybe you've taken a few weeks off from training and that's totally fine. Or you have been working with an injury. Maybe you had a surgery. There's a million different reasons why you would have taken a break and now you're getting back into it. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but all of these things are important for the overall health and recovery of your body. And honestly, these are things to be thinking about whether you are getting back into it or you're working out regularly all the time, they're all still important. So number one is rest. Rest is valuable. It is necessary for your nervous system and it is so important for the rest of your body. And I know you're like probably rolling your eyes like, oh my gosh, Alex, that is so simple. But sleeping 
and resting, if you're not doing that, literally no other hack or thing I can share with you even matters if you're not getting good quality sleep. If you're not getting good quality sleep, then how you are fueling yourself through the day is impacted, how your tissues are actually recovering is impacted. So like literally sleep and rest is the most important thing you can do. You cannot keep going 24-7 with the stress of life and work and then pile your workouts on top of that and then just keep going. And I think that for many of us, the last two years have really been a great example of that because the whole world was too much. Right. And I know that I'm not alone in experiencing it that way and feeling really overwhelmed and working out is just another stressor. So prioritizing your sleep and making sure that your body has the basic elements it needs to recover. That's literally one of the best things you can do. Like just turn off the episode now and just go take a nap. Okay. (laughs) Like honestly, But when you prioritize your recovery, right, this also sets you up to recover faster. And when I say recover, I'm meaning like tissue recovery. So when you get back into working out again, you often get sore and maybe you're more sore because you know what your capacity is and you're trying to build up to that. So you're possibly pushing yourself a little bit harder than you would if this was like your first time. So making sure that you get that good quality rest will also help your tissues to have all the elements that they need to repair so that you feel better and more prepared for your next workout. And rest days, like I'm talking like straight up rest. I'm not talking about active rest. I'm talking about like deep sleep every single night. Make sure you're getting seven and a half hours, maybe seven, but seven and a half hours are going to be super, super important. Number two is to start small. And I was just talking with my friend last week about getting back into the gym. And she had previously been working with a trainer and then life got freaking hard, took a break and now wanted to get back into things. And I've talked about this before, but I think we often get this all or nothing mentality where if I'm not doing it five days a week, it doesn't actually count. And that's exactly what she was saying. Like, okay, I think I'm gonna go to the gym like every day. And I was just like, whoa, 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 slow your roll. Because the most important thing is to get back into it and to be able to do that consistently. And I'm just trying to think, maybe like brushing my teeth and washing my face, but those are like base elements. Like other than that, there are a few things that I do consistently, religiously seven days a week. And so if you set the bar at, I got to do this, you know, five days a week or seven days a week, you're literally setting the bar so high that you're going to fail. So whether we're talking about workout duration or intensity or resistance or literally just frequency, start small with something you can actually stick with and then add on when that begins to feel easier. So when you feel no stress about the one day a week and you're feeling like I can totally do this and it's not hard. And this may be in a one week period. This might be in one month. There's no rules about how long that process takes. But when things start to feel easier, that's when you start to add in more complexity. Like think of the long game, right? If you're really trying to reestablish this movement habit as a lifetime habit, what's two months? It's no big deal. And the same goes for your movements. So starting small means you might need to regress some movements, make them a little bit easier based on where you're at right now. And the hardest thing probably is to avoid that temptation to compare yourself to where you used to be, 
right? So just start where you're at and give yourself the time and space to be frustrated that you're not where you want to be, but don't fester and stay there and beat yourself up for not being where you used to be, if that makes sense. So start small, go slow, and give yourself some grace because it takes time and you are a dynamic human. And in the grand scheme of life, this is such a short period of time. And we really truly are trying to establish those lifetime habits and small incremental change, 1000% counts. Number three is to know when to ask for professional help. And I talk about this all the time to reach out to a coach, to a physical therapist, to a chiropractor, to a massage therapist, to whomever, like ask for professional help when you need it. And pain, of course, is definitely something to seek professional help with. If you have pain that's not resolving with what you're doing or it's getting in the way of your workouts or sleep, get some help. Make an appointment with a physical therapist and go talk to them and figure out what's going on because there's no reason to push through or wait it out and wait for it to go away when it comes to pain. When you get help now, you can then keep moving, even if that movement is small and incremental. And also know that PT should include homework. It's not a passive therapy. And with that being said, you also have to do your homework for it actually to work. So it doesn't really count. And you know, I don't say that often, but it doesn't count if you just go to physical therapy one to two times a week and you let them do all the work because we have to integrate that change into your body as well. And this is the same for any type of professional help. I am always dubious and skeptical of things where they're like, nope, you don't need to do any homework. Just come back next week, right? I'm not trying to create a relationship in which I need to rely on somebody else to help me with my body. I want them to collaborate with me and then I want to continue that work on my my own. So just going to plant that seed right there. And definitely check out episode 98 for my interview with physical therapist, Dr. Sarah Court, where we discussed exactly this of when you should go to physical therapy, how to find a good physical therapist and what types of questions to ask. So episode 98, if you're like, wait a minute, this is me, go check that one out. Number four, find more ways to move throughout your day. I think that this is commonly overlooked, right? We think of our exercise as this very specific type of activity that we do for a certain amount of time each day, and you got to wear your special pants and your special shirt and your special shoes to do it. But movement is not always exercise. So let's say you sleep at least eight hours a night, right? We're going to promise each other that we're going to get that much sleep. And then you work out, let's even be generous, like two hours, Okay, that leaves 14 hours a day for awake time. And my question for you is, how are you moving those 14 hours a day? Because if the majority of your time is spent with your butt in a desk chair and then in your workouts, you're struggling because your hips and your low back are so tight and then they're impacting your ability to sleep. An easy fix is just to start moving more throughout your day. So what does movement actually look like? Getting a standing desk right? Wearing shoes that are less supportive so that your feet can move more. Sitting on the floor when and how often you can. And I have a video on my YouTube channel about this. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Really, your goal here is to weave more movement into your day, even if you're stuck in one spot working for most of the day. 
just move more. And it can be simple, right? Even just touching the top of the doorway as you walk under it, just to get your shoulders in that overhead range of motion. I hope you are also reaching arms overhead as you do this as I am, right? That's a way to create movement in my day that's not exercise. And I'm not going to leave all of my movement for my exercise time because there's so much more time a day where movement can be happening. Today's episode is brought to you by the Brain in Pain Workshop. Because pain isn't just structural. Sometimes it's not only about what's going on in your body or your joints or your tissues. So if you feel like you're stuck in a pain cycle and you're just ready to get off, then join me and licensed therapist Natalie Moore on Saturday, March 19th for the Brain in Pain Workshop. We are sharing our best tips and strategies and resources to help you learn about the science of pain, because when you understand what's going on, you can make the best choices for the next steps to move forward. So you'll learn practical tools like somatic resourcing and an easy 10 minute tension relieving movement routine that can be done for all levels. And body nerds, you can save $15 off your registration right now when you use the code bodynerd at checkout at aewellness.com slash brain in pain. That's all one word, aewellness.com slash B-R-A-I-N-I-N-P-A-I-N and the code bodynerd, all caps, all one word. Life without pain is possible, and I can't wait to share these tools with you. I'll see you there. Number five is to walk. Don't run. But seriously, if running is your jam, by all means, go right ahead. But walking is a great way to get moving, again, if that's something you're able to do. And full body movement is an opportunity to practice mindfulness. And we talked about this in episode 150, right? You're walking. If you want to start to stack good habits, walking and mindfulness go together really well. Walking is also an easy way to discover how you're feeling overall, right? You can check in, you can see how things are feeling. And I'm not saying like go on a 17 mile walk. Literally, this could be walking up and down your street or back and forth inside your house, or it could be around the block. Whatever you can do with where you're at right now, start there and then expand later. Just get started. That's it. Walking can also be social if you want it to be. I often call my best friend Nicole when I'm out on a walk or I'll just go on a walk with people. (laughs) Like That's also a way to be social. And it's a great way to explore your neighborhood or get from one place to the next place. And granted, I live in a place that is very walkable. So it's easy for me to walk to the grocery store, walk to a friend's house, whatever. So you might find that you need to be more intentional with your walking and the choices you're making about where you're walking. But walking is always an option, right? It's one of the easiest ways we're able to move about our space. And again, I'm not saying you got to get out there and walk for 10 miles. Maybe you start with just walking around inside your house. That 100% counts. Number six is to incorporate breath work and work on your breathing mechanics. So in episode 148, we talked all about how better breathing can help you move better and feel better. And it's a great way to keep your nervous system relaxed and to help you practice mindfulness, which can help with your stress levels, which can help with your rest. Do you see how it all is connected, right? But breathing is also a very valuable skill to have. You literally cannot do anything without breathing. So why not get better at it? And also, if you are just getting back into things, checking in with your core strength and support, which you can do with breath work and breathing, is going to set you up for the long run and to be more connected to your core support and your breath work. 
And so it seems like a super simple thing, like, oh, I'm going to just work on breathing, but is a great way to create more movement, right? You're creating movement for your diaphragm and your ribs and all of your core muscles and pair that with working on strengthening at the same time. So it's really a double whammy that is not to be skipped. And number seven is to move in ways that you enjoy, especially when you're first getting started, because if you hate it, you're not going to do it. Like there's literally no amount of willpower or motivation in the world to force you to do something that you don't want to do. And even after a decade of doing this, of being in the fitness industry, of working out, I still only do things that bring me joy. Life is way too short to force yourself to do things you don't like. So just stick with what you do. And I know that seems overly simplistic, but like that's my my jam. It's like, let's keep it simple. And this means the types of workouts you're doing, the types of movements you're doing, like all of that counts as things that you can do because you actually enjoy them. And one of the many, many, many things I love about the internet, not only is it a tool to connect us together, but it also gives you access to a wide variety of workouts. In Movement Mavens, for example, we do our monthly garage party workouts. So it's me in my garage with weights. And the replays for those from the last 18 months are also available. You can find workouts on YouTube. There's a bajillion of them. Subscription apps like Peloton have a wide variety of different types of workouts you can do and different lengths of time so you can find what you want to do and then just get going, right? Just pick something. And here's the other thing. If you don't like what you choose at first, change it up, right? Just pick something else. I want you to make it work for you and not the other way around. Because when you make it work for you, you're more likely to stick with it. You're more likely to enjoy it. And then it truly can become an activity and something that you look forward to and something that you do on a regular basis. And that's the whole point, right? That's what we're trying to do is to move better so we can feel better and be more human. In order to do that, you got to actually enjoy it. There's no need to punish yourself with your movements or your workouts. So there you have it, seven things to keep in mind as you get back into your workouts and how to keep things simple so you can stay injury-free. And like I said, this works whether you are recovering from an injury, getting back after an injury, getting back after life, or just trying to get back into things. And you know, if you find yourself getting stuck or your mobility is getting in the way, you know I'm here, just reach out. So I want to hear, what was your biggest takeaway from today's episode? What was like the thing that you're like, ooh, that is absolutely what I'm going to take and start to incorporate to help make things feel more easy and more fun? I want to hear from you. So you can take a screenshot. You can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Hala for Mala. You can send me a DM. You can also leave a voicemail on the Body Nerd hotline at 818-396-6501. Or you can drop me an email at hello at aewellness.com. And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds Group, all things podcast related, including links to all the videos and other resources that I mentioned in today's episode, live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And you know the drill. I'm going to ask. I'm going to keep asking. I'm never going to stop asking. Subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss any future episodes. Make sure you leave a review if you haven't. I know it seems simple and kind of just like ridiculous, but it truly does make a difference for our robotic algorithmic overlords. (laughs) And definitely share this episode with someone who needs to hear this, who is looking to get back into working out. And you heard them say that they're going to do it like eight days a week. And you just already know that that's a recipe for not good things. 
So here's asking better questions, moving more, keeping it simple and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and bodywork is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.